In the future, roving bands of comic book podcasts will savage the wasteland, once known as the internet. One podcast, the Grawlix podcast, may not be the biggest, may not be the funniest, may not be the most well-spoken. Wait, what was my point again? Oh yes, the Grawlix podcast. Listen to it at GrawlixPodcast.com. That's G-R-A-W-L-I-X podcast.com. Hey, Paul, look over there at the size of that moose. Son, that's no moose. That there is a pile of bullspit. Welcome to an all-new episode of Bullspit with Moose. I'm your host, Moose, and this is not just a new episode, it is a very special episode. I have not one, but two guests with me, so it is my pleasure and childlike glee I introduce to you Bonnie Bartlett and Mr. William Daniels. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Hi. Happy to be here. So you guys staying uh, safe and sound during all this uh, COVID stuff? Yeah, we don't go out. What do you guys, uh, I've been a little curious, what do celebrities do during times of quarantine? What do you do to stay busy at home? Billy, what do you do at home? What everybody he, else he, does. He was, Bill was 93 the other day. That's yeah. right, you did have a birthday uh, the other day. Happy belated birthday. <laughs> Thank you. So, Bill reads. Yeah, I, I, uh, Read a lot, and I watch only the news on television. Uh, I think Bonnie watches uh, dramas. I don't. Uh, but I get the news from the New York Times and uh, and those evening shows that begin around 4 or 5 o'clock. Uh, and we watch that until we have uh, supper. And Bill, once in a while, gets out and gets on the bike. Yep. And tries to keep exercising a little bit. We had quite a day the other day because um, we have, I don't know, kind of an odd bed set up. So we had to wash the sheets and put the bed up because we don't want help, you know. Well, the two of us putting those sheets on was a comedy. I'll tell you that. It was a comedy. Just trying to get the darn sheets back on the bed after I washed them. So, uh, life is changing a little. We don't have our uh, girl who comes and helps us uh, at the moment. I hope that doesn't last too much longer. Well, let's start running Benny Hill music behind you. You can make a little web series out of it. Yes, we could. <laughs> Except we're too old. We're too tired. We couldn't do that. I don't think we have the energy for that. <laughs> but it was funny. It really was funny. What's that, Bonnie? Well, the, us jumping around on the bed trying to get the sheets tucked oh. in. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Mm -hmm. You know, Bill has read... When did you start reading the New York Times, Bill? Oh, gosh, a long time ago. And when? How old do you think you were? Oh, teenager. Teenager? Mm -hmm. he, he, he never misses a day reading the New York Times. That's right. Wherever we are. Yep. Yep. It's his Bible. Mm-hmm. So even when you, I think it's the best paper in the country. So even when you were overseas, you still managed to get the uh, New York Times. No, I wasn't able to. to uh, over in Livorno uh, in Italy, uh, where I uh, was involved uh, in a, the Armed Forces Radio Station in Livorno, 
where I did announcing and finally uh, <clears throat> wound up running the whole place. So, uh, we, we, uh, you know, gave music and ads, uh, news and music to the troops in Italy and we, it went, our station went as far as into Germany. <clears throat> so I spent my uh, two years in the army at that radio station in Livorno. I was going to say, I was like, man, that's, that's a very it, interesting uh, subscription. I mean, if you can get New York Times to deliver to Italy, that's... Yep, I get the New York Times every day. That's awesome. Yeah. So I picked up your book, William Daniels, There I Go Again, How I, how I Came a, to Be Mr. Feeney. It's a good book. It's a very uh, in-depth book. Um, there's personal stories in there I wasn't expecting. Uh, and... I was wondering, did your mom have a uh, ironic sense of humor? My mother? Yes. Uh, no, not really. Uh, I don't remember having her uh, much of a sense of humor. Do you no, remember? she had. A, she she was a uh, a good laugher. Yeah, she enjoyed. She humor. was always a good uh, audience for her kids. Who performed? I think your dad had a rier sense of humor. The reason I asked was there was in the book you talked about when you and your sister were going on your first uh, audition together. Yeah, and like the audition didn't go well, so you had to go home, and yeah, it was not in unison and harmony, so you had to go home, redo it, and then come back. Yeah. And then... Yeah. We, we went over there as tap dancers, and he said, uh, you know, this is radio. We can't use tap dancers. Now, if they sang, and my mother took us back and told us a song, and we went back again, and he says, no, not in unison, in harmony. And she took us home again and taught me the harmony. We went back, and he said, yeah, that's it. And the song was, I'll take you home again. What's that? And then the song was, I'll take you home again. Kathleen. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take, take you home, home again, Kathleen. Kathleen. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, it was like, all right, if you don't get it right again, you're, if you don't get it right this time, we're going back. <laughs> <laughs> His mother, Bill's mother was very, very smart. She only had an eighth grade education, but she was very, very smart in school. And she was also very, very persistent. She was one of the hardest workers I've ever known. She had more, well, she worked herself to death. I mean, she really was a hard worker, and she pushed those kids, not in the direction of education, but in the direction of performing. She made them rehearse and do new songs every week and do new performances, took them out in the middle of the night to perform somewhere. She was a very hard worker, and she was, had a terrific uh, sense of life, but not, not, I wouldn't call it a sense of humor, but a sense of life. I say from the book, it seemed like she was a stage mom before the show Stage Moms Are Cool. Oh, I, I guess you'd have to say that. Huh? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, and yeah, she was a stage mom. She was always in the back of the audience and we were always doing it for her, for her approval. And, uh, you know, if I made a mistake going home in the car, she said, 
she'd say, uh, what happened? I said, I, I don't know. I made it. She said, uh, blah, 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 and turned to her husband and says, what's so hard about that? And he, he didn't say anything. So she said, sing it. So in the back of the car, we had to sing it for her the right way. So she'd say, so what's so hard about that? <laughs> tough, tough, tough. Yeah, she was tough. Ah, uh, guilt. A mother's guilt. Mm-hmm. It goes a long way. Yeah. You actually, uh, William, got to yep. see somebody when you were a kid that I've idolized my entire life. Um, Who was that? You got to see Cab Calloway live in person. You, excuse me? Cab Calloway? Oh, Cab Calloway. When you went to go yes, see I, uh, uh, your idol, Mr. Botangles. Uh, Bill Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Bojangles, right. Although, in those days, he didn't have that out. Uh, that, I don't know when he started um, ad- being identified as uh, Mr. Bojangles, but it wasn't when we first started uh, with him. Uh, and, uh, I mean, you know, uh, he invited us over to... The, Cotton Club and all that and was very nice. He knew I was a tap dancer, so he kind of showed me a, a few steps uh, on this elevated platform that was, and you had, there were tables right around it, and he came over and shook my hand and and he did a little step for me as he as he left he did a traveling step it was very interesting with a very relaxed effort with his loose leg uh it's something i tried to do for a long time never got the hang of it <clears throat> anyway he was a terrific man so i can only imagine the energy that that show had between uh, Calloway is the opener, and then Robinson coming in and dancing afterwards. I'd imagine that room, the the, the energy that filled that room, had to have been, I mean, just palpable. Yep, and and he didn't know he was the guest, so he only ordered a. Oh, <laughs> we, my mother uh, looked at the menu and saw the. How everything, it was a supper club, how everything was so expensive. And so she ordered two ginger ales. And, uh, when we were about to leave, she asked for the check and she, and the waiter said, no, no, you're, you're, you're Mr. Robinson's guest. And I thought, oh, damn, I could have had a hamburger. (laughs) (laughs) The power of hindsight. What was it like having the uh, uh, Daniels Family uh, Radio uh, show? We only had a 15-minute show for a season, or was it two seasons? I don't know. But we were that was mainly a, a thing that happened because we were on the Horn and Hunter Children's Hour, and, uh, and then we were offered this... Uh, this job to do with this show of our own, uh, Jackie and Billy Daniels. And it was a 15 minute show in which we sang and talked a little 
and sang, you know, two or three numbers. I don't know if we tap danced on it. I don't think so. Anyway, it uh, it was okay, you know. We were just uh, kids who did whatever we were told to do. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie, there was a comment in the book about when William first met you. And you, you turned him down for the date because he was too short? Well, oh. here's here's the thing. Here's <laughs> the thing. I I had I knew this actor was from Broadway, so I was impressed. I had seen him in classes and around and I actually followed him a little bit. But what I meant was see, I was from a small town in Illinois and it was a very Swedish town. Um and what I meant what I knew I thought of myself as a very big girl, big big midwestern girl and when this i never thought of this actor in connection with me you know like romantically or anything so when he asked me to go out for coffee i said oh, you're too short and i what i really meant was we don't belong together i'm too big for you i'm a big girl and you're not a very big guy so <laughs> that's how it came out i was not too too clever uh, in those days, <laughs> and uh, that's how it came out. And he paid no attention to me, and well, we've been together ever since. <laughs> so it, it seemed to work out pretty good that he paid no attention to you. You guys have <laughs> right, right. He had no, he had no problems. He had no problems in that area. Do you know what I mean? I had all kinds of problems in that area, <laughs> but he didn't. <laughs> so. He just said, oh, what, what, come on, let's go. <laughs> I was say, what, what's it like marrying the same person at least three times? <laughs> what? He, you mentioned in your book that it was like three different marriages. Yeah, because we changed. We changed over all those years. I mean, we didn't, we had to change, and we adjusted to each other, and it was like a, another person. Well, and it's... From my perspective, it's so rare to actually see people stay together for as long as you guys have. Like, generations nowadays, you don't see that happen very often. So, it's nice to actually see that. Well, we have managed. It hasn't always been easy, but we've managed. It seemed the best way to go. <laughs> it always seemed the most practical and the best way to go to just keep going. What was working together on... Uh, the different shows like and then coming home i mean like how do you balance the work life and the home life well um i don't know we had no problem working together there was no uh, uh jealousy between us we were just glad to be working uh and when we worked together it was even nicer and uh we uh, i don't know when we went at home we just uh Rehearsed for the next show if as soon as we got the script uh, but uh I think the relationship worked because we each had re- much respect for the other's talent. There was never any kind of mutual uh jealousy or anything like that. It was just we happy when either one of us got a job. I'm very happy when we got to work together. How did it work out that 
uh, she ended up being your love interest in two different shows. She did what? So how did it end up being that she was your love interest in two separate shows, Insane Elsewhere and Boy Meets World? I didn't. Well, in uh, Boy Meets World was different. I mean, that uh, in Boy Meets World, Michael Jacobs, the producer and the writer, I think just wanted to bring in a love interest for Bill and thought <clears throat> that if I was available, uh, that would be nice for people to see us on the show together. And that was kind of a arbitrary thing. On St. Elsewhere, I had auditioned for St. Elsewhere long before Bill got the job. And I had seen the script and I thought they were, they were wonderful scripts. And then he got the job and he loved the scripts. And then they called me from the casting. The casting woman called me and said, there's going to be a part of Mrs. Craig, would you look at it and see if you want to do it? And so I looked at it, and it was nothing. I mean, she had nothing. A line, one line, two lines, something like that. And I said, I called her, and I said, I don't think so. You know, it's kind of really too small. But Bill looked at it, and he saw possibilities. He said, no, there's really good possibilities for this, Bonnie. It's funny. They can be very funny. So I said, okay. And so I, I took the job. Um, and and then, then they started writing for her. Then they started writing, yeah, for mm-hmm. the two of us together. Mm-hmm. But it was uh, because he saw the possibility in what it could be. Because they, they had written a funny thing. They had written that he had a wife who smoked. And he thought he had talked her out of smoking. But he announced to the world that he had made his wife quit smoking. And then at, they were at this event and she pulls out a He goes to the bathroom and she pulls out a cigarette and smokes. And it got a lot of laughs. And so that's, that's how it started. It wasn't intended to be um, a big part, but then when they saw that it was a funny relationship and they could write a lot of stuff on that relationship, that's the way it worked out. Well, your guys' chemistry on screen, as a kid, I had no idea you two were married in real life. Actually, I didn't know until I read the book you two were married in real life. Well, most of the people on the set didn't know. And then, you know, I, I, I always, especially with Boy Meets World, like, watching you two interact on screen is like just the chemistry between the two of you. I was like, wow, they have, you know, amazing on-screen chemistry. <laughs> you know, and well, now we know why. Now you know why. It was years and years and years. <laughs> a lot of practice. Of <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then, Bonnie, you were on another show I watched uh, growing up. You you got to play uh, the Tool Man's dad on... Uh, oh, yes. Yes. Tim. Tim Allen. What was it like working with Tim Allen? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. It was totally different for me. It was scary. I was nervous because it was a comedy and everything, but he was wonderful, and his Pat Richardson was wonderful. The two of them were just great, and they made me feel very comfortable, and and I got through that okay. Yeah, they were lovely people, both of them. So I always wondered, because that, that show had an eccentric neighbor, too, so I always wondered what it would be like to get Wilson and Feeney together and 
see, <laughs> listen to that conversation. That would be something, yeah. William, what do you, uh, what, did the evolution of the Feeny character just come natural? You have to speak up. Uh, did the evolution of the Feeny character come natural, or, because at the beginning of Boy Meets World, Feeny was kind of like the hard-nosed teacher type, and then by the end of it, he, you know, he's, his edges were very softened. Uh, yeah, I guess so. What was your question? How did that happen? What, in the writing? Yeah, how did that happen? In the writing, or was it you? I, you know what I think? I think that Bill's, uh, the way he handled it with the kids was very smart. He was very, he treated them like a, like colleagues. And he never, you know, for the whole... I life, never gave them any kind of advice or anything like that. I let them do their own thing. And when they were fooling around and rehearsing, uh, I would stay in my dressing room until they said they're ready to shoot and then I'd come out <laughs> and the kids then uh, quieted down and we did the scene. But, but, but. We got know, along very well. The whole actually. run of that show, they, those kids thought Bill was English. Isn't that funny? They I, thought he was English. I did too. They had no idea who he was, his background or anything like that. They weren't interested in that. They were interested in having a good time. And, uh, but they, they respected him. And I think that he, his character and he, Bill, grew very fond of them. And that's where you saw a change. Well, see, that's what I was wondering, if it just kind of, you know, if the group bonding over time helped soften the edges with all the characters. Because the Feeny character you saw towards the end was almost polar opposite from the character you saw at the beginning. Well, not totally, not totally, but I know what you mean. But uh, don't forget, he'd had years and years of these kids. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it wouldn't have never have happened that a teacher would have them for all those years. Let's no. face it, that's totally imaginary. And so if you had a teacher and these these four or five kids were with you all those, so for like seven years, obviously there's going to be close relations. Well, I mean, there were a couple episodes where he was even part of their shenanigans. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that never would have happened in the early years. So they're growing on him, you know? <laughs> but that's the writer. Don't forget. Yeah. Bill, Bill and the kids didn't do this. The writer write it, wrote it. Michael Jacobs is the one who created the whole thing. Played, you've now played, in your book, like you said, every member of the Adams family except Abigail. And I, I, I think for, you know, craps and giggles, you should just put on the dress and put on a 30-second, you know, web series as Abigail just to say, there, I did it, you know. That's not Bill. <laughs> That's not Bill. He's not Bill Shatner. He 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 wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, he that's not his humor. Fast forward again to 
Boy Meets World, was the school named prior to oh, you coming in, or was that just a yeah, nod Yeah, that was to... Michael Jacobs uh, uh, playing around with me, naming the school. Or maybe he was uh, being uh, complimentary about making the school's name John Adams. So I was wondering, because it's like, what, what are the odds that you go from playing John and John to teaching at John and John Adams? It's like, what? How is this happening? Yeah, no, the the, the writer did that. <laughs> I just thought, you know, it's like there's no way the world's that small. Yeah. John Adams. Ever since Bill has done John Adams, people have used it. They used it in St. Elsewhere. They used it. They've all used it. Him playing John Adams, being John Adams, and sitting St. Elsewhere. We were in Philadelphia. We did. They they did a lot of stuff there, and then they did a lot of stuff in in the. Michael Jacobs used the names of the school. I need to find a version of him playing John Adams because I hear great things. I just, I've never seen it. You've never seen it? Mm-mm. Well, it's in the movie. There is a movie. I say it's it's definitely one I'm looking for because the more I read, I was like, oh, I really need to see this because there's a couple spots in the book where he uh, quotes out lines. It's like, I can hear this. I can picture, you know, the drama behind it and it's like, oh, really want to see this. You know. Right. No, you must watch it. Every Listen, you can advise people to buy the book. It's a wonderful book. They'll enjoy it so much. It's uh, how I came to be something or other. And uh, it's a really good book. And then they can all, everybody can watch the movie of 1776. Oh, no. Yeah, I do encourage everyone to pick up and read this book. It is a very in-depth book. It is. Good book. So are you going to write a book so it has a companion piece? Get some of the stories <laughs> from your side, too? Mine would be very different, I'm afraid. <laughs> I might. I might. Talk about, you know, your time on Little House of the Prairie or Salem's Lot. Well, those are all, most of my acting experiences have been lovely. And then you got to be in three of my favorite childhood movies, uh, the Shiloh series. Yep. Those are fun dog stories. Lovely. William, I think you should tell people you were stuffed in the glove box for the entire run of Knight Rider. <laughs> He wants to know, Bill, where were you when you did Night Rider? Tell him the story about the guy in England. Oh, uh, I was uh, over uh, making personal appearances over in England and outside London, uh, a little town. Uh, I was sitting at a table uh, signing autographs, and there was a long line of people waiting uh, to get my autograph, and this one man came up and said, uh, "Sir, do, uh, do you mind if I ask you a question?" I said, "What is that?" He said, "Where were you when you were the voice of the car?" I said, "You mean w- whether I was under the hood or in the trunk or what?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, actually, I was in a studio recording it." And he he went away rather disappointed. He wanted him to be in the car. <laughs> if they don't understand how uh, voice acting works, they should just you should just tell them like, well, they just folded me up, put me in the glove box. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, yes, that would have been a good idea. <clears throat> well, I think by now everybody understands all that because we're all living with voices. Mm-hmm. I felt uh, a little foolish. For years, I didn't realize you were the voice of Kit mm-hmm. until I was. I, I was watching Knight Rider in one room, and it had gone to commercial. 
my sister was watching Boy Meets World in the other room, and mm -hmm. I was like, wait, hold on, what? <laughs> Where is he? Where is he? I was like, Under the hood. <laughs> I was like, it, 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 it's Stereo Feeny. What's going on? I have the car yeah. and a Feeny. And th <laughs> yeah, that day blew my mind. I was like, oh, it's the same guy. Yep, same guy. Bill's done a lot of lot of the same guy. So do you find that you still get that generational, like, 30 and below, it's Feeney, over 30, it's Knight Rider, and then St. Elsewhere's over that, or is it all kind of mingling together now? What do you think, Bill? Do you think it's all been going together more now? What do you mean? Oh, I think so. Um uh, in other words, all the fans, the cameos that we do, oh, all the fan mail, all the yeah. people, what they want. No. There's a there's a lot of Kit fans yes. that are that Knight Rider fans and that, that car mm -hmm. fans. They love that. And there's an off there are a lot of John Adams fans, and there's a lot of of, of tons of Mr. Feeney fans. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. The Mr. Feeney fans. That's amazing. And. Uh, I've been, and, and then sometimes say it elsewhere, but less so. <laughs> I've been doing these cameos uh, of answering people's questions, and uh, my son would photograph it on one of these little handheld cameras. And uh, we're doing, we've been doing it for quite a few weeks now. Uh, and Most of it is Mr. Feeney. Yeah. He's had the character of Mr. Feeney has had really quite an extraordinary <laughs> run and an extraordinary effect on people. Bill does seem to affect people with his characters. As I prepped for this interview, I realized, I think that's going to be your lasting legacy, is Mr. Feeney. Would you get closer to the uh, speaker? You have to sit up, Bill. Huh? You have to sit up. Yeah, that doesn't help. Doesn't help? No. Okay. <laughs> and you get closer to your microphone or yeah. home, uh, your telephone? No, I was saying, uh, as I was prepping for this, I was thinking that uh, Mr. Feeney is going to be Bill's uh, lasting legacy. I think you're right. Because... That that and John Adams. Because I don't see that show going anywhere anytime soon, so he will continue to inspire kids in future generations. Well, you see, we need that now a lot. Yeah. Because there are not role models out there that uh, that that they can hang on to. No, there's we not. Need, we need good role models, and that's the character. Yeah, and it's... And I, I think that's why a lot of people cling on to him. I mean, it's a father figure. It's... Mm -hmm. You know, it, 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 he's very much an authoritative figure, but he's not that stern, bear-the-rod authoritative figure. It's, all right, we're going to teach you a lesson, and you're going to do what you need to do, person. And Very much like the father in father in Life with Father, which yeah. was the very first play Bill did. Um, the father was, it was a comedy, and it was on the theater. It was in the theater for nine years or something on Broadway. And I think Bill very much took a lot of what he does from that actor. The father, Howard the, Lindsay. Howard Lindsay. Mm -hmm. Howard Lindsay. And so all of your roles led you to Mr. Feeney. Okay. It's been very nice talking to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You seem, see, reading the book helps a lot. Mm -hmm. Then you know a lot more. Mm-hmm. Well, saying it was it was definitely fun. Um, Are you taking care of yourself? 
I am. Uh, the, the quarantine's a little uh, annoying. I, I I don't like being home all the time. No, nobody does, but I guess we have to do it. I, I generally go to conventions, and I, I sell wood burnings. Um, mm-hmm. And now all the conventions that I would have been doing have been canceled so far. So that's, right. that's, <laughs> that's fun. Well... I mean, I, I understand why. I just, I like the social interaction. Well, of course, most of us do. <laughs> but we have to think beyond ourselves. But I have podcasting to help with the social That's interaction, right. so. And you can watch a lot of stuff, learn from what you watch, maybe, okay? Bill, do you want to say goodbye? Okay. Well, I want to thank it's you good guys. Good talking for, to you. Yeah, good talking to you. I want to thank you guys yeah, for coming on the show. Take care of yourself now. Yep. Uh, take care of yourselves. Hope you guys enjoy the year. And okay. Take care, guys. So thank, you, thank you very much, Paul. Yep, thank you. Good, and good luck. Have a good year. You too. Once again, I want to thank my guests, Bonnie Bartlett and William Daniels. Be sure to check out his book, There I Go Again, How I Came to Be Mr. Feeney, John Adams, Dr. Craig, and Kit. And be sure to check him out on Cameo and Twitter. You can find me and many other great podcasts over at electronicmediacollective.com or hit me up on Twitter at Moose Media Inc., where you will find all your Moose Media needs. You know, folks, there's a lot of good podcasts out there, but unless you heard it here, it's probably just a load of bull spit. Until next time, bye. Ooh-wee, that sure was some bull spit, but I sure had fun. Junior, you need some help. Be sure to tune in next time.